Well, good morning, everybody. It's great to be able to talk to you. Hopefully you can see or hear us, whatever your chosen medium is. Um, I'm here again with someone from the team that I get to work with, another amazing individual, Lee Gower. Um, Lee has been working with us for a while, and I've known Lee for an even longer period of time, which has been an absolute delight and pleasure. Uh, Lee's got a bunch of experience in all sorts of stuff. Um, and today, if we're not careful, we could go down a million rabbit holes and all of them would be deeply interesting and useful, but we're going to try to control ourselves a bit, Lee. Is that all right? Correct. Yes. No <laughs> rabbit hole. No rabbit, no, as few rabbit holes as possible. <laughs> um, so it's really exciting uh, to have Lee here. And as, as you would have seen, or if you haven't dig around, there's a bunch of different podcasts and different people we're talking to and seeking to learn as much as we can from the expertise that they bring. Um it's, it's, uh, it's been a pleasure doing them so far, and this one will be a cracker too, I am sure. Um, so, morning, Lee. Morning. <laughs> uh, Lee's based up in Gladstone. We have, I think we've told people, we have people all over the place. I'm based in Brisbane, um, and uh, it's nice to have folk around the country that we get to talk to, and we do this digital thing fairly often. Although I very rarely press record, so Lee's got a level of nervousness, but we won't mention that. No. <laughs> <laughs> so today, um, Lee, one of the things we're doing when we're talking to team members is just asking a really simple question. Uh, from your experience, you've worked with a lot of clients doing a lot of different type of work. Really curious, what's one of the things that you're seeing inside those conversations and also things you've seen over your career, areas that are challenges or problems for people and, and you might have a talk about it and how we might seek to help people understand a bit more and explore and learn. So my question to you is, what, what's one of the things you've been seeing lately, questions, conversations that um, you've kind of noticed and, you know, it's something that's really on your mind? Yeah, I think, Andrew, um, one of the most frequent things I hear from our clients and also what I've experienced in the past is um, a meaningful assessment. So in the workplace, you know, how do we conduct a meaningful assessment? How do we meet our internal uh, competency and compliance processes? And, you know, what do we need to have in place to do that well? Mm. Meaningful assessment. That's a, that's a big, juicy kind of couple of words, isn't it? Um, yeah. <clears throat> and, and I guess it would be interesting to explore when you talk about this meaningful assessment, um, what does that mean to you? Because like, obviously people use a bunch of different words, um, sometimes those words, but what does that mean? Well, I think meaningful um, for me is that it's right, right for your workplace and, you know, you're not under-assessing, over-assessing. Um, and there is a really solid and robust assessment process in place that people know and follow it's not sort of ad hoc I see a lot of ad hoc assessments um, being conducted I see a lot of probably inferior processes in place um, which is not the problem of the person well it is a problem for the person delivering the assessment but it's um, you know root causes right back in you know workplaces having all the right processes in place and getting that message to their assessors this is not just tick and flick we just don't walk around the paddock with a piece of paper and tick 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 or cross um 
there's got to be some really sound processes behind why we do the things we do in assessment. Mm. That's pretty cool. I know we've I've said it, and if you've ever, if you know us, it's a conversation we often have, the, the team here. It's very much around um, understanding the Goldilocks approach for you. So when you say that right piece, it's all about, you know, not too hot, not too cold, but just right. You know, I think Goldilocks is one of my favourite stories beside Dr. Seuss's The Waiting Place. But it is a really interesting piece where too often people either overdo it or underdo it. And yeah. it's really, it is hard to make it just right, to make it that right, um, which is some of the stuff obviously that we do helping them to get there. So, you know, we talk about it's the, it's the right type of assessment and you were explaining there around um, the how, I guess, one of the things that I think is out there, and it's, I think it's a pretty safe comment to make because a lot of people come to us with this frame. Um, and I'll also clarify this one. Uh, this is a cross-sector, this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the thing we hear across every sector. Um, how, do we, how do we assess people meaningfully to use Lee's language? How do we know we're doing a good enough job? How do we doing, know we're doing an enough job? How do we know we've got not too much, not too little? Um, and I think broadly the conversation that sits out there is, well, go and get a TAE. Now, for those who may not know what that little acronym means, um, I'm going to do a really bad job of explaining it, and I suspect we will make it better. But TAE is all about training and assessment qualification, uh, which is part of the whole Australian qualification framework. And it, it is intended to give you some knowledge in, around training and assessment inside any industry. Did I do okay? You did well. <laughs> so I think the you know, and we hear all the time from our clients and other people about the certificate four, mm. and it, it's so well known. Everyone knows what it is, and <laughs> it is the go-to. <laughs> I think I did mine 20, 15, 20 years ago. It's a thing you kind of had to do, wasn't it? It was. And, look, I started, I think I've done every iteration since the mid-'80s to now, and there's been about five today. BSZ? Yes, I did it one even before then, Andrew. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yes, there's there's been a lot around, and I have to say it has improved immensely mm. over the years, and it's a fantastic qualification for those who are working solely in that learning and development space or training and competency where their sole role is to, you know, do, well, deliver or develop first, develop training, develop assessment, deliver training, deliver assessment, validate it, all those things um, that in a typical training role um, is what you would be expected to do. Mm. It's a very big ask. It's a big, it's a long course when it's done correctly. Um, it's a lot of time investment in that for companies to put their people through it and also quite a financial investment in that as well. Um, and it's, it's great for people that are in those roles where that's their core activity, that's what they do. Um, but it probably goes beyond what most people in the workplace require. Yeah, brilliant. So that, I'm going to pick up on that in a sec. I think the what I heard you say there um, was that this is very much a 
program or a course that is for people who are on the deeper end of training and assessing. And, and I think it, it's probably fair to say as well, very much biased toward those people doing training and assessing in a qualification framework setting. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, so people who are doing that. And if we think about the average workplace, which is the peaceful pickup again that you said, think about the average workplace, which can be anything, you know, hospitals, homes, Coles, Woolworths, mine site, whatever. Um, there's always a need for the business or for individuals to be able to demonstrate they know what they're doing. Um, I think pretty much every piece of legislation around work health safety or health safety says competent workforce. And I won't, you know, it's a thousand different forms, but it all says that. Um, and I think this is the piece that you're talking to where each organisation has to be comfortable that the person is competent the task they perform. Um, so my question is, if I, you know, I think I know the answer here, but I'm still going to ask. To do that then, obviously, if, I have, if I'm a business and I need to be able to demonstrate that I need all my people to have, the people who do that have to have TAE. They've got to have this high level of qualification, which is pretty, you are right, like back when I did it was far less, far less, it was much easier to get or well, it'd be clever with words, it was much easier. And really, I walked out of it with minimal understanding and learning. Nowadays, the program itself used to be sort of five days, you'd walk out with a piece of paper, that was hard enough. Nowadays, it can take months and months to actually do it. And lots of work, again, because it's quite a technical piece. But so if I'm in that business now, Lee, um, I digress, sorry, I get a bit excitable, but <laughs> and you do know that um, those companies kind of go well, sure then does that mean you're telling I have to go and get a TAE to be able to do some stuff to make sure my people are competent so no it's not the best avenue to go down if you're not using nationally accredited units of competency mm -hmm. so most organisations have in-house training and assessment it's solely um, for them, for their workplace, um, they've already got established documentation and resources around that. Mm. Um, they're, what they're wanting to assess to is compliance with their internal requirements and their processes and their procedures. Um, so there's no need to go to that full cert four level where you even if we talk about assessment because I love talking about assessment it's my yes thing. yes you do I'm a compliance queen everyone's got to be compliant so <laughs> when you just look at assessment in a workplace um, you know you, you've got established tools or instruments whatever you want to call them resources already there that you're going to use and they've been um, built by someone who has the knowledge uh, to do that part of the task. If you're looking at even doing a skill set from TAE, the assessor skill set, um, you're required in that to develop assessments. And most workplaces don't require people to develop. Some, yes, and yes, then they do some form of their TAE. But when you're just using established resources, um, people don't need to have that TAE qualification. Um, they're just working with established 
resources, they're people who have got skills in an area, some sort of vocational expertise, whatever that is, so they know the product or the process. Um, they use the established workplace assessments and they're not required to have a full full TAE or even the assessor skill set from the TAE. So, so if I don't have if I don't have to have the full one, because again, we we could be talking about, as you said, an organisation just has its own internal processes and wants to validate that people are competent, or another set of words we often use, safe, skilled, and effective. Um, you know, so there's this competency piece, and in our model, you know, we talk about people, program, process, and competency, capacity, and capability. This is very much zoning on that competency one. Um, if, if they want to be able to demonstrate or understand or assure that their people are competent, uh, if, they, if, they don't, if TAE isn't quite the right answer, um, do they just kind of wing it? Like, actually, you know what? How about we make a bunch of checklists? Um, how about I just kind of do my best? Um, hey, Mary, hey, Bob, can you just go and make sure Billy or Fred or Jane are okay? Just, you know, because you've done this before, you'll be right. Like, can you just whack up a checklist and go to it? Now, I know that's something we've seen a lot of and I'm playing with it lightly, but is that enough? No, it's not enough. Um, when you rely on people in your workplace like that without giving them any um, tools or training to be able to go and do that, um, you're not going to get, that level of compliance across your organisation because some people will do it very well, some people will do the tick and flick and like, yeah, he's all right, I've seen him do that, yeah, just let's sign off on that one, it's all good to go. Um, so my recommendation is to not just wing it um, but to um, go down another um, route of there are other things out there besides the Cert 4 in TAE that yeah. will really put your people in the workplace who are workplace assessors, but it's predominantly not their core role. They yeah. occasionally get called on to do assessments or occasionally might be once a week, um, could be twice a week, it might be once every three months, but they still need to be equipped to be able to do that and, and do it well. Why? So I, I, I'll disclose, I agree. People yeah. listening might be going, you're okay. Why, Lee? Well, I think, you know, when we, we look at assessment in particular, there's rules of evidence in there and principles assessment that should be followed whether you're working to nationally recognised units of competency or not. And what they do is assure you um, that in your workplace you meet in compliance and you have a process in place. It's not different for different people. It's fair for everyone. You have a consistent process. You have people who are trained um, to ensure that that process gets followed. And it's bottom line, it's about compliance again. Um, it's going to make your workplace compliant, you have a process that has to be followed. People are getting uh, assessed equally. Um, there's no favouritism in there and you've got people there to, who have the skills to make that happen and ensure mm. that 
happens every time. Yeah, and, and it, yes, I'm just chuckling. Lee does love the compliance agenda and conversation. It's a really important one that I think a lot of organisations choose to look at lightly. <laughs> and the world isn't getting easier in that space. It's probably having a higher expectation. Uh, laws are getting a little more tighter, and I think those who are enforcing the laws, regulators and such, are becoming a little wiser and seek more evidence or more understanding. Um, so it is important for a company and individuals to be able to demonstrate their competency, to demonstrate the compliance against. Um, I think the other piece, that when you were talking about the other piece that triggered for me was it's also important. So we talk, often talk about the person being assessed. Um, we sometimes forget to talk about the person doing the assessing. Yeah. And you know the person who's being assessed, uh, yes, compliant, yes, competent, and the most p the powerful thing for that is isn't that the company knows they're competent, isn't that a regulator can see that they're competent, it's that the individual knows they're competent. Yeah. If you can put them through a standardised, strong approach, they're going to feel a whole lot better about how they do their job and their ability to do that job, mm. or not. And there's a conversation there that's quite powerful. Um, now, I, I hear often people don't want to be workplace assessors because mm. it's, they haven't been given any training in it, they don't know what to do, and they're concerned if they sign off on assessments, um, are there repercussions down the track should an incident happen or whatever. Um, and I think if you give them the skills to be able to do it well, um, they know that if they follow a process that... That's fine. Um, it's all about process and procedure for me. And, you know, you've got to look after your workplace assessors, train them up, get them into a place where they're not just competent, but they're really confident in doing what they do and they can do it well and they don't feel hesitant about conducting assessment. Or on the other hand, some people are just so overly gung-ho, like, yeah, I can do that. Mm. and don't follow a process because I know assessments, right? And yeah, have been doing that for 100 years, so I know yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, you get both ends of the, the scale there of people being very hesitant and unsure. Um, and those too, that are too, too confident. Yeah, yeah exactly. And yeah. I think that's a cool word where you said we need to make sure they're not just competent but also confident. I'd kind of to play with this a little bit further Sometimes the issue is overconfidence. Um, mm. So for me, it's very much around having a competent person who's capable. Yes. And, and the, the, the approach of helping them become more capable. Now, as we've said before, and that's really good, thank you, really important because the, the assessor does have a really important role and they do have, there is an obligation on them around making sure they're doing sufficient approach to whatever it might be. And, and obviously, that's a sliding scale. The person who might be doing some internal assessment in an organisation where the work is high risk, that's yes. a different level of expectation versus the person who might be doing something that has far less risk, apparently, in the training. But nonetheless, both of them need to understand how to do it well mm. so that the individual who's being assessed can demonstrate or not, mm. and they can then know that they're competent or not, capable or not. Um, but that assessor, yeah, they have a really important role. And there is a there's a level of obligation. It's not about scaring people or making them run away. But there are, as you said, lots of assessors out there who are kind of doing it, 
they're not terribly comfortable. Yes. And, and it's important. They will be, they will increase the quality and the outcome of their assessments the more comfortable they get. And, and that leads to people being more capable and competent in the workforce and the whole business lifting. You know, this is, this is a material productivity piece. People kind of go, it's just competent, it's just an assessment. You go, yeah, yeah, but this goes straight all the way back to productivity where if you are able to put in good assessments with people who can assess well and are comfortable in doing an assessment with good quality, your people are going to be better. Really simple. And, better, and, and the better they are, the better the whole business is, the better outcomes are, productivity, et cetera, all shift and lift. Um, too often people look at this in a very narrow way of, well, it's just an assessment, but they don't realise the gold nugget that sits when you start to do this well. That affect comment yeah. yeah exactly and i think you know giving your assessors the, the skills and the knowledge to do that well because regardless of the risk that's involved the process is always the same and i think mean, there's a lot of shortcuts taken in assessments where someone will say to bob oh you need to go out and assess jim today and that's exactly what they do um they just send them out and which is not fair to the person being assessed either because a lot of the times they're not put in a good place to undertake assessment. They're not getting all that pre-assessment briefing and um, that type of thing, which someone who doesn't have any experience in assessing and doesn't have the skills won't know to do that. Um, so you're sort of setting up a, a pretty poor environment for assessment straight up. Mm. Yeah, great conversation so so if TAE, TAE is a path it might be the path that the person needs if if it, if it isn't necessarily that much rigor required at that level um of it like there's different pathways obviously there's the piece i'm just going to go down and i'll ask you you know what i'm missing but one of them the next path is where you can build your own kind of how to be an assessor course if you want to um, but again i think it's probably one of those courses that are not necessarily easy to build if you don't know if you if you could build the course you'd be doing the assessing properly oh that's right and who in-house do you have that can write that course who has those credentials in-house you might have someone that does but you may not it might just be anyone with no background assessment going oh yeah this is how you do assessment is that course and 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 we do see that occasionally too where people have kind of built a fairly rudimentary course and um, often it's it's being really honest it's not enough often um, and it's coming from a place of bias that, that is a little bit weak so what's what are other options I know and I know this is leading down a path which is something you're very passionate about but you know what's the other option and there is another significant option out there yeah there is so um, there is a course in field-based training and assessment. So that's a, uh, it's an accredited course and the core unit of that is um, carry out workplace assessment. Um, and it's aimed at people who don't assess against nationally recognised units competency, yep. um, but need to conduct um, solid assessments in the workplace and it's 
purely about assessment and the assessment process, how you do assessment, how you collect evidence. There's nothing in there about designing, developing, validating, all that thing. It's just purely this is how you assess in the workplace using established workplace assessment resources. Yeah, that's cool. So this is, this is like, so, and the nationally recognised, look, it does give you a piece of paper. So it has a level of rigour behind it. It isn't just a fly-by-night course. Um, but, but importantly, it's all about the individual understanding how to do it well, how to be better at doing assessments. And I think it's a really interesting thing. I know it's something that we, I certainly bumped across about the same time just before you did in different places. Um, and, and it was a really interesting piece where, you know, for me, back in the organisation I was in, we had a bunch of assessing needed to be done, but we didn't necessarily need people to have the TAEs. It was expensive, hard, timely, and some of the people doing the assessing it actually wasn't the right thing for them. Yes. Um, this package uh, I found after that, and, man, I wish it had been there back then. That would have made life a whole lot easier. But um, this package is all about those types of people, giving them the confidence in performing that assessment role and doing the assessment with sufficient rigour and with an understanding of what a good assessment is, start to finish. Um, you know, why do you have to document? Well, here's why. Why do you have to do this? Well, here's why. And it isn't just talked at. This is a program too, and we both fell in love with it so much so that we, you know, quietly we also deliver it as well because we love it so much. Um, but it is a program that has a bunch of practice as well. It is. It's very hands-on. And, you know, when I first came across it and uh, we were using it in a work site, um, on a work site, and the, mainly for crew trainers, so guys on crew that have to assess at different times and, you know, just against in-house um, assessments, still a lot of rigour required around them because it was a high-risk workplace, but they said what it did for them was put uh, in place for them why you have to do it this way, which they had never understand before. Why do we have to do all that? Why do we have to sign this? Why do we have to tell them about that? Why has this got to be done? Why do we have to write this down? Mm. Um, and and just, you know, that, that whole process. So they, they learn, to me, they learn the same about assessment as you do in a Cert 4 without all the unnecessary bits that you don't need as a workplace trainer. So it very much puts things in perspective for yeah. They do it. It's a very hands-on course. It's, you know, two days of practical. We're doing this, we're doing that. Um, learning things in, I think, a very simplistic but very thorough manner. And it's, yeah, it's fantastic. And, yes, I wish it would have been around years ago. Um, or I think back on all the crew trainers and assessors and on-the-job assessors, workplace assessors that I've dealt with in companies where I've worked who we've had to send away for their 12, 15 days of other training and then, the you know, the six, 12-month commitment after that to complete, if you do it properly, mm. um, all the assessments. And I think the beauty of this one is that you do two days in the classroom environment 
the assessment that you under you do a lot of on-course assessment and then the post-course assessment is actually back in your workplace conducting a couple of assessments in your workplace in place using your established assessment tools you don't have to do anything you just go back pick up an assessment that's there go out with the supervisor on site and conduct that and obviously there's you know a very rigorous process around that as well but um it's just so much more meaningful to people to do it in that context rather than you know conducting an assessment about something they don't really do and it's the workplace as well because at the end of the day if it's done well they get two more assessments out of the way <laughs> yeah and and i think the cool thing with that approach is you know firstly um more or less people leave the course and hit the road yes. straight away um and obviously and this isn't just us other side of people that deliver this as well but it's a really cool course because first of all they people hit the road hard and they actually feel comfortable and confident in it um for us particularly, we always offer that follow-up. If you need to ask a question, ask a question. There's a bunch of templates and stuff because the other thing people often say is, well, this is all good, but I don't necessarily have great assessments. I'm not sure. So they actually see some of the examples in the course, which yes. will give them templates to go and play with to do their own. While we're not yes. saying we're going to teach you how to build it, people will understand what is required to be able to build it. So there's a bit of a bonus prize hidden in there. I think too, Andrew, that people, when they bring along their assessments um, during the course and as we're working through it, they're looking at those and going, oh, well, actually our assessments don't really do that. So when they go back into the workplace, they go back armed with the knowledge and the confidence to be able to say our assessments are less than good. Uh, We need to do some work on them. and. I think, you know, we've seen that, you know, just in a lot of cases where our um, participants have gone, oh, yeah, well, we don't do that. And, you know, even some of the terminology, yeah, we're still back in pass and fail mode. Mm. And, you know, it's just a lot of little things that they'll pick up um, that are really helpful and useful back in the workplace when they go back. Hugely valuable. And it's just access to bonus prize stuff. So, so there is. So, if we go back to the, that's great. Thank you for explaining that. So, there's. If we go back a step and kind of go, well, this whole thing around assessment is, um, it's a really important conversation, uh, particularly in in high risk workforces, it has a bias toward that. But any workforce, any role, really powerful for individuals to know that they know what they need to know, and they can do what they need to do. Um, that unlocks so much value in a business. Um, it's just significant. And to do that well, to your point, we need assessors who know how to do a good assessment because they're, they're, they're kind of the, you know, if we think about the, if the person's the box that's got the lock in it, to help them truly real open them up and see what they can do, the assessor in the process they use can often be the key that opens the lock that, um, that frees these folk to actually get after things. Yeah. Um, is that a fair, fair metaphor? Yeah, I agree. And I guess the other additional benefit with this particular course, because it is accredited, they can collect evidence. If, if you have a workplace assessor who is fully qualified and assessing against nationally recognised units of competency, with this course, you can't do that, but you can collect evidence 
to support that person. Mm. So that's really cool for workplaces that have, you know, sort of very tight headcount, okay? We only need one qualified assessor and we can use these other people for those non, you know, nationally accredited roles and also to help our accredited assessor collect evidence over time for these people, knowing that the assessments that they're performing are up to scratch and meeting standard. Mm. Yeah, so there's this whole, there's always multiple pathways, you know, if I think, again, if I use a slightly different metaphor, it's like the Christmas tree. There is the Christmas tree, which is tinsels, baubles, and everything, which is a bit of a TAE, that everything's on it. Um, you may or may not need that, and that's something you should look at. There's this next piece, which is the field-based trainer-assessor type approach, which is more of a pine tree, and it's got everything you need, maybe a tiny bit of tinsel, but it's very fit for purpose. Um, the third path is nothing, and there's no Christmas tree at all. And, and I think um, it's, it's very comfortable to say it's a dangerous place if you don't, if your people have no idea what it means to assess. As we said before, overconfident, underconfident, quality is not going to be there, outcome is going to be variable, yeah. and your business is going to be less than it possibly could be. Um, doing it well will guarantee will help the business and the people be better. Um, so really significant uh, Significant piece in regard to any training space. And people often talk about training. This is poor cousin in the sense, isn't it? Like everyone talks about training and they don't talk about and assessment. Yes. Yeah. You know, um, and yet without them both, um, you know, we often talk about, you know, we, people always want to talk about training and that's okay. Uh, for us, training is useful, but learning is better. Yeah. And learning comes through application. And how do you make sure the application is right and good and, and ends up in a place of good learning? Assessment. Yeah. You know, having the right kind of assessment. So, assessment is key. Yeah. Yes. Yes, it is. And it, and it is the key in the sense that it unlocks your people. Um, so, whatever you like, for, for those who are listening, um, I think it's an important reflection as you go into your, your business, your structure, you, whatever you're doing today, um, whether you're training team or not, um, all of us have some level of responsibility. All of us uh, have some space where, you know, we need to make sure that there's people around us know what they know and can do what they can do. Um, it'd be interesting for you to have a think about, you know, what type of approach are you and your organisation taking to assessment? Um, sometimes the training's there. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Second part, though, is the assessment tool. How is it going? Um, do you have it? Do you not have it? And the third part is, do people actually know how to implement it? Yeah. Um, and, and a, you know, very powerful conversation from Lee around that one. Any parting thoughts, pieces of wisdom, gold nuggets for us, Lee? Oh, gee, I is don't Is there pressure know. on? Pressure on? The pressure's on, but I, I guess the, the main thing for me is that... Um, organizations really need to look at what their needs are and not get I guess sucked down into one channel that because they know about it um, really look at their needs and you know and then make the decision going forward what best what's the best fit for them and it might be a mix of both um, but yeah I think we need to sort of stop defaulting back to cert for TAE 
all the time. And I see organisations that have 20, 30 set for TAE qualified people and only three or four of them actually use the full, you know, yeah. basket of goodies. Um, yes, or any, or any of them even. Or any of them, yes. It's and like when you huge. buy that big, you know, fandangle, you know, cooking set. You only use two pots and pans and the rest just sits in the cupboard and is forgotten about. It's just, um, yeah taken up for this and yeah and, and the cost and the investment and the effort to have that massive t- workforce able to do it but never really intending to do it to be no. honest is just is you know, potentially just a waste um it isn't, it isn't delivering outcomes to the business um, good call and i and i think yeah to talk about those specifics yet tae is a package that may be suitable for people um, the other one we talked about was the FBTA, Field-Based Trainer Assessor. You know, for disclosure and to be clear and honest, we do deliver that because we think it's such a cracking course for a lot of our clients. Love it um, because it actually it just meets the need, um, provides the skilling at the right level to help people be able to do the work. Um, that's a conversation, you know, if you need to know more, give us a holler on that one. Um, but more broadly, um, if, you, if you want to have a chat about assessment or how you're thinking about it or want to know a bit more about it, please give us a hoy. Um, and we hope that today was incredibly valuable. Um, you've learned a bit more about assessment. You've also had the chance to listen to or meet Lee, um, another, as I said, another amazing part of the team. Um, thank you, Lee. It's been an absolute pleasure. Um, any, any comments or thoughts, feel free to you know, respond, drop in, and uh, we'd love to have a conversation if you ever get there, and we hope this was useful to you. Cheers, everyone.